We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that you could invest in crypto through your retirement account? That's right. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. With iTrust Capital, you also get the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit iTrustCapital.com to start investing today. That's iTrustCapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Incorporated does not provide legal, investment, or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. Alright, what's good? Welcome back. Ain't No Seats Podcast Episode 2, B-Turn. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. We, uh, we're we back. I'm a little sick. Uh, we're going to call this my Jordan flu game, I guess. So sorry if I sound like this, but what Jordan score when he had that flu game? I don't know. <sighs> upper 30s, probably. Okay. Yeah, so if I can have They got upper, the dub, of course. Yeah, exactly. So we're going <laughs> to get the win today. Hopefully, this Episode 2, we're hopefully improving a little bit. Um Thanks for all the feedback from episode one. We are, we're definitely, we're taking the feedback, trying to get better. Uh, but I guess let's just get right into it. Let's, uh, let's just talk sad times. Josh Selby. Ben McLemore. Jamari Trailer, Joel Embiid. Cliff Alexander. Czech Diallo. Billy Preston. Silvio DeSosa. Yudoka Azabuki. Folks, <laughs> those are the guys that have either been ineligible or injured since 2010. I mean, going back to Selby, the free Selby thing was kind of the first time that we uh, we really freaked out about a player not being eligible, and that seemed so rare at the time, and now it's it's happening every single year. Yeah, it feels like every single season we have someone that's super impactful to the team that's either ineligible or hurt. I mean, literally every name we just listed off is probably a five-star recruit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure, outside of Jamari, I think every single one of those Besides guys. Jamari, yeah. Yeah, every single one of those guys is a top 50, at least top 50 recruit. McLemore, McLemore and Jamari worked out well. McLemore came back for yeah. that 2013 team, but uh, who knows what he does with that 2012 team that lacked depth and all that. So, certainly sucks. Uh, Cliff and Diallo and Billy and Silvio now twice, but. Gets to our first topic of the day, Yudoka Azubuki. He's officially out for the season. Um, we've had a couple of days to reflect. It was pretty sad. I was in New Orleans for work, and I was just walking walking downtown New Orleans as depressed as I could possibly be, thinking about the fact that not only is he done for the season, he's probably done as a Jayhawk, wouldn't you say? He, um, he might be done, but I could see him coming back next year for his senior year unless I just don't see a – NBA team really taking the chance on drafting him and he just I think he needs to expand his game a lot more just because he doesn't really score outside of a foot yeah. can't shoot the crowd goes nuts <laughs> when he makes one Poor free guy. throw yeah I mean hey spin zone 
Long Kruger, nobody, they can't do the Hackadoke anymore. So yeah. Got them there. And um, we've, I mean, last podcast we talked about how Diedrich plays a lot better without Doak, yeah. which didn't really show on Saturday. We all thought, all three of us thought Diedrich was going to have a huge game. And he kind of struggled shooting and. Yeah. It was, uh, but Diedrich absolutely showed up um, <laughs> Wednesday, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that. So I guess what we kind of want to talk about, do you, uh, is the sky falling? Are we. Is a streak over. Jay Williams has a streak over. <laughs> yeah, he was the first one to say that, wasn't he? Yep, he was. Seth Davis, I actually tweeted at Seth. I said, you want to get this train rolling? He said, absolutely not. <laughs> no, he learned his lesson. <laughs> I think Jay Williams is going to learn his too. I mean, I was kind of worried after the Iowa State game just because I feel like we were ranked number one to start the year because of our front court depth. Yep. And now you're without Silvio. <laughs> you're without Doak. And then yeah. – um, I mean, David and Mitch can't even – yeah, hardly see them. David played one minute. One minute, last yeah. So it's definitely crazy to go from deepest front court in the country to now playing four guards and pulling the red shirt off a guy just to get another yeah. one in there. So because I mean, who knows? It's taken how long for them to make a decision yeah. on Silvio, and then Doke's obviously done for the year. So yeah, I you think need minutes from Big Dave. You need minutes from Mitch, but I'm not even sure if they're going to see him. No. Yeah, I think the Ochai the Ochai decision was pretty telling. We'll get to that later, but I think that's pretty telling of Bill Self to if you're pulling a guy's red shirt, I think that's pretty telling on whether how he feels about Silvio De Sosa and I would say that uh, it's pretty clear we're probably not going to get to see Silvio and that yeah. sucks for him, but it's how the NCAA works and that's a whole different episode to get into all that, but hashtag free Silvio for sure though. 100%. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we, I guess um, with the Udoka stuff, do you want to talk a little bit about the Iowa State game? Obviously, it was awful. Yeah, um, I felt like first half Q was really starting to make shots, penetrate, pass. Looked like his kind of his high school tapes. Yep, absolutely. He was and doing. Yeah. He kind of kept us in the game in the first half. Sure. Even though, how many turnovers did we have in the first half? It was insane. I don't I don't know the exact number, but we were turning – I think at the end of the game we turned the ball over on 33% of our possessions or yeah. something like that. Because like, we had a season high in turnovers with like 15 minutes left. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's – And we the, were still in the game. <laughs> that's the fear when you go into road games with such a young team. But problem was it wasn't the young guys all committing the turnovers. LeGerald had seven of his own. Seven. That's insane. I can't think of a last time somebody. I think Markeith had ten turnovers against VCU or something like that in the Elite oh Eight. But, but, we can't talk about that game. Yeah, but um, other than that, I don't know, man. Turnovers but, were certainly the main thing we got to talk about from that Iowa State game. Diedrich was, Diedrich was pretty much. That might have been his worst performance of the year. Yeah. Well, I he mean, went scoreless in that one non-con game, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean. Getting the news about Doak right before the game, we really needed Diedrich to step up, and they kind of contained him, like you said. For sure, and they uh, they definitely kind of the, – the fear has always been our inability to shoot. Mm -hmm. They packed it in, and we just can't made make – Made shoot. We can't make open threes, and that is a huge concern. I know, because Quentin made a few early, and I thought he was going to catch fire, and then he kind of – I mean, at halftime, we us three, we all felt confident in us because how bad we played in the first yeah. half. Thought we'd come out strong, and they just dominated the second half. Also, uh, Mariel Shayok is the real deal. I mean, you can see he was battle-tested in the ACC, always one of the best conferences, and he really gave it to us. Iowa State was infuriating because they had uh, – Shayok kind of shoots funny. Halliburton yeah. shoots like a – like he played from the 1920s. Mm -hmm. Like uh, He shoots it, and you don't think it's going yeah, in. I don't know he if like he missed. Set, sets his shot. It looks ridiculous. It doesn't hit rim ever. No. Goes straight in. He's unbelievable. Uh, they all kind of have weird-looking shots, and unfortunately they just all went in against us. Second that, half, I don't. I feel like they didn't miss at all second half. Brutal. We couldn't was, get back in the game. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, I thought um, Devon Dodson did really well getting to the rim and finishing. Yeah. He can be out of control driving to the lane, but yeah, I always – I mean, I trust him to finish, and – he usually draws contact and stuff. Yeah. The scary thing about our offense without Udoka is that pretty much our two – the only two ways we can score are Diedrich and Devon just sprinting down the court and hopefully getting to the rim. So, yeah, it's not very sustainable. But we don't got to spend a ton of time on ISU. The sad portion of that podcast is out of the way. <laughs> Let's move on because B-turn, A-B, 
it is Ochai season. How you feeling about Ochai? Uh, I feel really good about him. I mean, he's obviously been putting in work or something at practice for Bill to pull the red shirt. I mean, we talked about Silvio being done, f- possibly being done for the year, Doke done for the year. So we need someone to provide minutes, and I feel like Ochai's the perfect spark off the bench for us. Absolutely. He was incredible. Uh, I'm not going to lie, before the game, I was on Twitter. I think uh, the day before the game I said I didn't like the decision. I didn't feel great about burning a guy's red shirt because my take is always – if you can have a guy who's 23 with experience over a guy that's 18 and no experience for half a season, you're always going to side with the 23-year-old. But I think the uh, what we saw last night probably shows that Ochai might not be here till he's 23, so you might as no. well squeeze everything you can get out of him because that dude was uh, yeah, crazy I mean, athletic. I mean, was, how many upperclassmen has Bill had that have just turned out to be amazing? And yeah. Like, you learn the system. He's yep. kind of hard on freshmen, so they don't play. And then yeah. those seniors – especially Devontae Frank. They yeah. played as a freshman, sophomore, or whatever, but they ended up being some of the best players in the country as a senior. Yeah, for sure. Do you? Uh, so how did you feel about Ochai before we burned a red shirt? What'd you, did you want us to do that or what? No, I feel like me and you, we both didn't like it at all. Yeah, yeah. I kind of felt like it would almost be a waste because I wasn't sure how many minutes he would see. I mean, we're pretty deep. We bring Charlie Moore off the bench, yeah. uh, KJ – who else do we bring? Marcus I mean, Garrett. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely – So he could have been like the 10th guy, and he comes in and plays 25 minutes. Yeah. So I guess let's, let's just talk about that. That's pretty insane. We – I think I predicted 12 minutes for him. Um, yeah, I would have guessed 10, 10 yeah. or so. Yeah, he was first off the bench. He uh, – I think he was off the bench before the 16-minute uh, timeout. So – Insane. It shows how much trust Bill has in him, and it shows. I mean, we're pretty dumb. We for doubting Bill. Bill seems to always yeah. be pretty right about these like things. He, He's watched. People practice. start to get worried about KU, and then <laughs> Bill pulls something out, and yeah. we just look like a whole different team. Yeah, and I mean, playing twenty. Not only did he play twenty five minutes, and it's not like he played twenty five minutes in a blowout. He played twenty five minutes, and then played the final five minutes of crucial. Yeah, gameplay. so he's in when it matters. Yeah. Like, it's, down the stretch, it's not like we were blowing them out. They made a run. They got it down to one or two, didn't they, yeah. late in the Alex game? Yeah, Alex Robinson, who can't shoot threes, starts draining threes. Oh, he'll make them against us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was my main takeaway, I guess, here. I've got – I thought I thought Ochai played really good defense with something oh, that yeah. was shocking. I watched him a lot. He was – he has crazy long strides, and he can stay in front of people pretty well. Which He's very, super long, and, yeah, he was active on both ends, and you know Bill's going to love that. Oh, if yeah. you play defense, you're going to see the floor. Yeah. So and he I, even he even said after the game that he was the best player, obviously, outside of Diedrich. Yeah. And Diedrich had 31 of the – how many points did we score? 77. So, somebody do the math on that. <laughs> I certainly won't. But. but, yeah, I mean, he looked like the second best player out there, and – he looked super comfortable with everyone. And think about all the guys we've had that have been, like, suspended. They miss half a year. They haven't had any game action. They're rusty. Like Silvio last year. So Silvio comes in. Every yeah, time he tests the ball. Looks lost. Can't guard nobody. Yeah. And then uh, – <laughs> fake Bill Self there for you. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm like, you're going to be a little rusty if you're not playing against in-game action. And then, I mean, we're three games in the Big 12 play and – he comes in and plays like that. Yeah. We need someone off the bench like that. That was awesome. The Iowa State game, it didn't even look like most of our guys were trying. No. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, the thing about Ochai, I loved how Bill did that, how he came in and called the lob immediately. Famous That's, Bill Self yeah, plays. Yep. Bill Self out of timeouts. He draws better. it up first possession. Yeah. Was that I mean, out of a timeout, kind yeah. of timeout, then free throw? Well, I think we had had like a out of TV timeout, and then I think we came back, and that was just the first set we ran. And uh, – that's got to be huge for a guy's confidence. So that was. I mean, we threw a ton of lobs to Ochai last <laughs> night. Dude jumps out of the gym. He's Bill crazy. said most athletic guy on our team. Yeah, it was awesome. And LeGerald's pretty athletic. That's my thought. I kept hearing he's the most athletic guy on the team, and I was like, whoa, if that's the case, then. Because LeGerald can jump out the gym. So. What do you think about. Do you think Ochai will eventually start? I mean, no. I know, I know Grimes kind of lost some minutes last night off foul trouble, but Ochai yeah. kind of brings. A lot to the table defensively, and he has a nice stroke. Yeah. Can jump. That's the thing. I don't. I don't think Ochai will necessarily ever start, but I do think he'll be in the game a lot late. Plays better defense than Grimes, and who knows? I mean, Legerald didn't play late against uh, even. Didn't we talk about last pod? Legerald didn't even play late against uh, Arizona State. 
Yeah, or was that it? That might be wrong. Or was it OU? <laughs> was it o- oh, yeah, it was OU. OU, my bad. yeah. That's my bad. First pick 12 game. LeGerald, um Charlie played over him. Yeah, and, so, and missed those free throws late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, Ochai could for sure come in and take people's minutes late just because the way he guards and yeah. stuff like that. So. Um, think about this lineup. Uh, Marcus Garrett, Ochai, Devon Dodson defensively. Think yeah. about those guards. Yeah. And then we got, I mean, LeGerald will play. Which he's not horrible defensively when he wants to be good. Yeah. So those four and then Diedrich, that's a pretty nice lineup if you want to get stops and, you know, Bill loves defense. Exactly. I think that's very likely. I, f- I think it's very likely we'll see, like you said, Dotson's been great at guarding the ball. Marcus is the best defender on the team. Yeah, Marcus wouldn't play if he couldn't guard like that. Yeah, no, Marcus he's is unreal great. defensively. He's with him. Yeah. So, uh, Ochai's super long, and he'll be able to get stops too. For sure, and I think I think the recipe for this team to win the Big 12 is to no doubt just play lockdown defense, win ugly games. This is the type of stuff Bill Self loves, um, and I think we're to that point because our offense is going to go super stale at times, and I think we're just going to have to win games by getting stops and – Garden somebody, as old Bill would say. <laughs> got to guard somebody. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that pretty much uh, gets our Ochai thoughts out there. Ochai's a stud. I look forward to seeing what he does. It just felt like he kind of brought some positive energy to the team. It felt Everyone felt so down after the Udoka I plus agree. the loss. So it was and Allen Fieldhouse is always crazy, but I feel like he brought energy to the building. Yep. I wasn't there, but you were there. I'm yeah. sure he – I mean, you catch a lob. They're literally showing his family on TV, yeah. and then a second later they throw a lob to Oach, and place went nuts, and that's going to bring energy to any team. Yeah. A dude playing for the first time. It was it was awesome, and it was just Bill Self continues to be a wizard. Just an incredible decision to have confidence in Ochai to bring him in. Because so. if he can play a shell of that rest yeah. of the year, oh, yeah. you're living. Exactly. Just coming twenty to play like there's not many dudes that come off the bench at KU that play twenty five minutes. Yeah. You can tell that Bill's already comfortable and Oach looked really comfortable too. Yeah. It was fun. I was I was loving it. I felt kinda bad that I was on the side of not wanting to pull the red shirt, but I do too. But you know I what? Just, I'm all for him being a stud and shout out to shout out to Ochai. That was awesome. Bill self knows more than us, I feel like. Does he? I'm not positive, <laughs> but you might be right. Um so I guess other things that stood out about TCU, Diedrich was incredible, as we talked about last round. It's like normal now. Yeah. Every game, <laughs> it's like you might as well put 25 and 12 on the board for him because yeah. that's what he's going to do. Yeah, 31-14. It drives me insane when we don't get him a touch. Like I think there was a couple possessions late in the game. Obviously, we executed really well. We came out yep. of a timeout, went to Diedrich. He got the end one. But then the next possession, we didn't go to him. and that I just, feel like he should get a touch every possession. Oh, yeah. He has to with this offense. And so, going forward, if we're going to win games late, that's what we got to do. And I think we will. Um, I mean, rest of the year, when you got, you're you going to have to play f- probably four guards and him. Give him the ball down low. If they double, he can pass. Yeah. Best passer Bill Self's had, he yeah. says. Yeah. So. so, you get the guards open. Hopefully, we start making threes. But Diedrich just, open, just opens up everything for yeah. everyone. Yeah, but he – it's crazy how you see him get in the groove of things. Like, he'll kind of – early in the game, he'll start to kind of stumble. He's not going up strong. And then the second half, he'll catch the ball baseline, spin in, finger roll. Next possession, yeah. he'll pull up for three. Like, he clearly is one of those guys that once he gets in a groove, like, you can't stop him and he becomes no the best player in the country. So, love that about him. We got to keep, obviously, like you said, just feeding him all the time. Yeah, let him get a touch. Things will open up. He can shoot, yep. finish make free throws wish he would dunk yeah <laughs> can Diedrich dunk I'm not know. sure we'll have to see yeah stay <laughs> tuned to find out if Diedrich can dunk um but we also talked about his shooting on the last podcast I said I was a big law of averages guy he was shooting under 20 percent he uh he made two against uh who the heck did we play uh, TCU. Yeah, he, TCU. Made, he made two <laughs> against TCU and uh got that percentage up to over 20 percent so shout out the, uh, you the tra- being right. Yep, trajectory's going up. Diedrich, <laughs> hopefully Diedrich can end the season at, like, I don't know, 27, 25. I don't know. He'd have to – I bet he gets up to close to 30. Hopefully. I was looking at his uh, Memphis numbers. Wasn't great. No? No. Did right he shoot around, a lot of right threes? Right around 20%. Uh, shot actually a little more, I think, from three with Memphis. But I think he'll get in the groove a little more, and uh, hopefully he'll we'll see that uh, percentage go up. But we got to talk about our guy, LeGerald. Yep. LeGerald, through two game, last two games, is averaging six and a half turnovers a game, 
seven against Iowa State. Thirteen six last night. Two game last two games. Yup. That's not good. No, and I mean he was he looked incredible non conference. Looked like everyone was calling him uh player of the year candidate, yeah. Big Twelve player of the year, well him or Diedrich, but he looks super good in non con. He won us some games single handedly. If we didn't have him we weren't winning a few oh. we weren't beating Stanford. Yeah. Tennessee he was huge. Yeah. So Even that Louisiana game. Yeah, I mean he made is that the game where he went eight for eight? It yeah. was insane. So Need him to turn it on again. I mean, he seems to be forcing a lot, yeah, thinking that he needs to shoot all the time. Which it's, I mean, I I feel confident when the guy shoots. But exactly. the The thing that's frustrating to me is it's like we've seen this before. He was great last year in the non conference. He was one of our leading scorers, and then he just started to disappear. And that last year, when you're blending in with guys like Speed, Devonte, Malik, you can get away with that. But he, we can't afford for him to just disappear in games like he no. did in Iowa State. And like we always say, he's our only senior. Yeah, he's supposed to be our leader. So even if shots aren't falling, look for a better look. Get another guy involved. Get him a look. Yeah, he's got to do whatever it takes to win. And you know, Bill's going crazy about the taking care of the ball. You just, I mean, you can't turn the ball over thirteen times in two games. That's, no, that's especially. That's, I mean, it's not like the ball's in his hands all the time. Exactly. But the ball's kind of sticking right now. When he gets it, he's either dribbling around, yeah. taking crazy shots. But yeah, I mean, a lot of his turnovers were weird. He'd like it'd be like him trying to drive, getting to a spot on the floor where he couldn't do anything, and then he just gets stripped. And it's like that's just a, you can't do that. You got to know what you're doing with the ball. So I think he's gonna improve. He's no, not gonna turn the ball over six and a half times a game. So I think just maybe in a little funk right now, needs to see a few shots fall. Yeah, he still. I mean, he was our. We had two guys in double figures last night, and he was the second one. Yeah, he's so still, he's still shooting him the ball and fine. Um, it's like you said, he's got to make sure he's taking the right shots and uh, just taking care of the ball, and everything will be fine. I think he'll figure it all out. But you know what, Legerald, the positive side of Legerald is that his mom is Lala. Oh my God, <laughs> best Twitter follow. KU fans, if you don't follow Lala, Lala Vic even, One. What is her handle? I don't even. I know think her it's handle. Lala Vic One. I'm sure you guys already do follow her. Lala's incredible. Lala Vic One. Throw her a follow, please. Uh, all caps the whole game. <laughs> she tweets nothing but all caps. I feel like she just brings energy to the team. She like does. those are just positive vibes. Some of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why Bill just doesn't sit, sit her on the bench and. She needs to be at every game. Can you imagine if she was just yelling these into the ears of the players rather than tweeting them in all caps? It'd be incredible. Oh, unreal. They wouldn't lose. Yeah. So, as part of our love for Lala, we're going to start a uh, Lala Vic tweet of the week. Uh, we're going to come at you with a couple different options, and me and B-Turn and maybe A-B can even weigh in. We're going to talk about what we think our favorite tweet from Lala was. Uh, starting this week, we're going to go back to the Iowa State game. As always, it was pretty ugly. Um, the one I'm going to read, things were going, weren't going well in the first half. Uh, Lala hits us with an all caps. Y'all got to chase this win. Like y'all chase those skirts. Get it done. Maine. That's an electric tweet. Incredible. Lala. You're, I love Lala so much. The fact that she just, that's what she thinks about on the spot is incredible. And we put that in our final two. No you question. Got? You got one over there. Okay. This is. Um, this one's from, is this from the OU game? No, this I think was the fifth. Yeah. The fifth was Iowa state. Okay. This one's from the Iowa state game too. She obviously wasn't too happy with the way we were playing. So she tweets me and my four, me and four of my chubby homegirls can play better than my squad playing right now. And hell we'll need oxygen. Get it together. Y'all. We still have time. Get disrespectful, please. (laughs) Like, She's always talking about on the road to be disrespectful, oh yeah. like to the cra- like play so well that you beat them at their house. And yep. Don't she's when we play at home, she says, "Don't let them be disrespectful." <laughs> like, shout out to Lala. I mean, respect. I mean, I totally get it that we'll need oxygen. Oxygen thing. I play city league, man. I I run up the court a couple times. I'm needing oxygen. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I just I, I sit on my couch constantly yeah. and just watch sports. So it's but, like. <laughs> she's confident that four and her of her chubby homegirls can go out there and beat Iowa State and play harder than our guys. Were. Yeah, at so, least play harder because yeah. they didn't play the whole game. She was tweeting about <laughs> just playing harder and that we weren't even trying after the game. I forget what she said, but her I think the best saying she's ever had was the Stanford game when LaGerald was going off, but no one was doing anything, and she tweeted 
pump up your nuts. Oh yeah. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we just call this segment the hashtag pump up your nuts segment. Yes. Uh, she's gotten real excited with that. She uses that all the time now. It seems in big moments she's she's tweeting that hashtag pump up your nuts. So. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that's what the squad has to do if we're going to get 15 straight. 100%. Pump up your damn nuts. Um, and she, I mean, she makes every KU game better. Yeah. No matter what. If you follow her on Twitter, you'll laugh the whole time. Yeah. I All need, caps. <laughs> the best energy possible. I need her to, even when LeGerald's gone and not, not playing anymore, I need her to just continue to laugh. Be a diehard KU game. fan. Yeah. Let's I'll get her season, her season tickets. Ticket. Yeah, exactly. Just sit with us. Sit with me and B Turn. We'll do a live pod every game. And you just, instead of tweeting, just freaking scream <laughs> into our microphones. And the, I feel like the best part is I bet she's just sitting there on TV watching <laughs> the game and she yells this stuff and then she takes it to Twitter. Yeah. Like, I want to watch a game with her so badly. Yeah. We got to make that happen. We, uh, I think we're. We're working on getting her on the pod. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. We'll see. Lala's going to be on the pod, we're folks. Gonna, we're going to get Lala on the pod. No she, question. She's going to be leading the uh, Pump Up Your Nuts segment where we pick out our favorite Lala tweet. But uh, which one are we going with this week? What are you feeling? Chubby tweet? or uh, oh, Chase yeah. Those Skirts? The Chubby tweet's my favorite, I think. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So, and yeah. the oxygen. <laughs> week one of uh, Pump Up Your Nuts, La La Tweet of the Week. We are going with the... Uh, her and her four chubby friends. Yeah, for real. Shout out to uh, La La and her friends. They could probably go into uh, Iowa State and get a road win. All right. Should we get into some gambling? Yes, we should. It's producer AB <laughs> back on the mic here. Uh, we're working on getting me one full time. But uh, I'm going to run this gambling uh, little segment here for us. Uh, the way we're going to do it is we're going to preview and kind of talk about the lines and the totals uh, for the next two games, just because there's two games until we record next. Uh, so the first one, we're going to start with KU at Baylor. Uh, that We're going to go with Ken Palm lines because Vegas doesn't release them until the day of or 24 hours before, so they're not out yet. But Ken Palm has KU as a four-point favorite in Waco with a total of 136. I will go ahead and pass this to Braden. Uh, what are you thinking about KU down in Waco this week? For the spread, I'm going to take KU minus four just because I don't see Bill losing to Scott Drew in Waco two years in a row. I mean, I don't know the last time we lost in Waco before last year even. I think it was uh, Elijah's senior year we lost with them maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, we don't lose there a lot. So you're going Baylor minus four? No, KU minus four. Yeah, KU minus four. Um, I think we'll find a way to win in Waco. These are the kinds of games you got to win. Like we said last episode, that at Baylor should be a win. So KU usually takes care of business in games like this. So I'd take KU. um, For the over-under, I'm going to go under 136 on that. Yeah. Um, Just because Baylor's zone, I think, could cause KU some trouble just because we haven't been shooting the ball that well. And I feel like Baylor kind of struggles to score. I feel like we can. I feel like Devon could keep Makai Mason in check, and I just feel like I bet they'll score in the 60s or so. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I think I'm actually gonna go uh, Baylor plus four. Scott Drew effect, <laughs> best coach in the Big 12. Um, and like you said, pretty much what you said, the zone. I'm worried about this team with zone uh, against the zone. We have no shooters. It's all been covered. It's going to be scary. I think we're going to get a win, though. I think it's going to yeah. be like a one possession. We're yeah, gonna but get you can stop. see it being tight. Yeah, I can see it being like a three-point. But like you said, I agree. I'm going I'm going uh, Baylor plus four, and I'm going under. Because, under 136. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be ugly, and uh, I think it's definitely going to be a game we win like 68-65 or 68-66 yeah, or something I could, like that. Yeah, I could definitely see it being ugly, and – um, who do you think's gonna be? You think Legerald would be in the middle of the zone that they're running? He's kind of been. I I don't know. I maybe think it, it, that's what we did last year with like Washington. Legerald, remember? Yeah. Remember that Washington and game? Legerald played in the middle of the zone, scored like twenty eight points because they just gave him wide open. But layups. he could have had fifty. <laughs> he had wide open floaters the whole game. <laughs> it was actually pretty hilarious. Uh, but I think I think it's possible we see Marcus there. I think it's possible. I mean, to me, it makes sense. I think Marcus is. He's decent at getting into the paint, so you get him the ball in the middle of the zone. Would it be crazy to have Diedrich right there? That was the next thing I was going to say, B-Turn. I think 
Diedrich in the middle of that zone. Because usually a big wouldn't be there. But No, but the way – I mean, he, he can pass so well. I think it makes a lot of sense that uh, you put Diedrich – shout out to this helicopter going over us right now. Like, is that going to be in the background of the pod? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I think Diedrich is going to – I think him in the middle of the zone will be good. Uh, it'll be interesting, though. Because his – like, he's not making threes, but his mid-range has been really nice this year. Yeah. 10, 15 footers, if he's wide open. Or we'll get slashers to the lane. He'll pass, get guys open for three. Yeah. I feel like he could um, dissect the zone really well. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm kind of into the idea of putting him in the middle, but it doesn't like. It, yeah, it doesn't it, seem it, right. It, it doesn't seem like something Bill will do. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're gonna miss Udoka. It seems like we get at least six to eight points against the zone of just easy lobs and that back. And Diedrich lob and the Doke would yeah. be perfect. So it's it'll be interesting to see how we play that. I think this is a game where Ochai can have a big effect with his jump shot because they are just going to pack it in, and they should. That's what we if I was coaching against KU, I'd pack it in. Make us make shots. Yeah. I mean Quentin's got it. Quentin's gonna Diedrich have open shots. You. Yeah. Uh so it'll be interesting. That's why yeah. I'm worried. I think the zone's gonna be a problem for us. Uh but I just I don't think Baylor's good. Um they obviously beat Iowa State, but Kai Mason's good, like you yeah, said. But he had he had twenty five against Iowa State. Yeah. So so I hadn't seen the guy I mean, I know he transferred in from Yale. Yeah, he was a stud in that NCAA tournament a few years ago, but um but the, with the 136 total, I feel like I can't see either team scoring 70. No, I think it's going like to be tough I think it's for us to gross. score just because it's on the road in the zone. Yeah, it's going to be one of those road games where you just feel physically like ill the entire time <laughs> yeah. watching. Like nothing goes smooth. We're scoring points, but it never feels like, oh, that play was ran well. It's just we're going to find ways to score, but it's never going to look pretty. But I feel like we kind of are due for a good shooting night. True, that's very true. Law of average. So maybe they'll guy. start. Yeah, maybe they'll start falling. But if they don't, you would think uh, Diedrich needs to be a monster on the boards. Maybe we'll give us second chances. Get more, <laughs> put up some more threes. I don't I'm, know. I'm hoping we see a little Michigan State Quentin Grimes because yeah. that'll be big time. If, he's going to be open. If we uh, if we make shots against Baylor, if we make the outside shots, we're easily covering that minus four. But until we prove that we can do that, I think I got to ride with Baylor in that one. Um, yeah, I could see I could see Baylor covering, but we still win for sure. It's AB back on the mic. Uh, I'm going to give my producer AB free play of the week right here. Uh oh, hammer, hammer, KU minus four. <laughs> I think it's tough to ask Baylor to go out and beat Iowa State and Baylor. Or I'm sorry, beat Iowa State and KU in five days. Um, those are two of the top three teams in the Big Twelve. I think I just think that's a tough ask for a fairly bad Baylor team and I'm also going to go with the under like these two I just think we haven't been able to show that we can shoot the ball at all um and I just think we're going to struggle against that zone a little bit but we I'm can guard well enough to hold Baylor I, I think we'll cover the four fine I'm surprised you didn't hammer the under instead of KU no no I just like or would I said, you hammer both or would you parlay them <laughs> I'm a big parlay guy. I might tease him, parlay him, straight bet him. <laughs> tease it, tease the under to what? One forty something. Teasers are dumb. I don't don't <laughs> mess with that. Just just take KU minus four if you want to go with the under as well. I think hammer fairly safe, but hammer KU minus four. That's a guaranteed. If you uh, if you lose that one, you can go ahead and put a hit marker on me and kill me if you want. But um, <laughs> all right, folks. <laughs> but now we'll uh, we'll go ahead and transition to Texas. Now uh, we got Texas on Big Monday. Uh, we got Braden's boy Fran for show on the mic again. Um, that's a whole different Hates conversation. KU. But, Cheers um, against us. For that one, Ken Palm's got KU as a seven-point favorite, a uh, total of 135. Um, this one's an Allen Fieldhouse, a little different environment, but uh, we'll go back to Braden to give his picks here. This spread for me is really tough. I don't know what you guys think, but I've been sitting here looking, and I feel like I have a hard time picking. Um, You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and take it over. Uh, <laughs> hammer. Hawks minus seven. Really, Bill well, Self is Shaka Smart's daddy. Let's let's flash more than, back more than Scott Drew's daddy. Uh, he's getting to that point. I mean, let's Shaka that one game that happened. What uh, I forget. Don't say it. It was don't in San Antonio it. or something. Yeah, whatever. Some Elite Eight game that happened. Well, guess what? That's the past. And let's let's think about this. Shaka Smart gets hired at Texas. Somebody comes in his press conference and they say, Shaka, how do you think you're going to adapt to Big Twelve play? Shaka makes a little comment, says, well, I think I think we adapted pretty well uh, back in the Elite Eight game a few years ago. Since that game, Shaka has become Bill Self's little small son. Yeah, and you, I'm sure he wants to just 
I mean, open it up against them, win by as much as we can. Yeah, we thirty balled them in Austin like yeah. two years ago. Jamari was literally dunking on dudes' heads. They haven't beat us right yeah. since he. I don't think Shaka's won a game against Villasalva since that VCU game. So, hammer KU minus seven, uh, and I like the over one thirty five. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the over too. I feel like this total should be higher than the Baylor game. Just because I feel like Texas is super athletic. They could get steals that lead to uh, transition layups. Kerwin Roach is pretty good. They have a couple scores. Um, I feel like Osikowski will give them second chances. Shout out to you for knowing how to say his name because no <laughs> chance I could say that. But, no, he's a stud. Um, I agree with you. I was a little shocked that the over-under was 135 compared to that Baylor 136. Uh I think this is going to be an up and down game. I can see that too. I feel like it'll be more like high paced and like with Baylor, we're going to be in a zone passing it around and yeah. they can't score as well as Texas. I feel like. Yeah. So I mean, who Texas, knows? Texas scored how many against UNC? Even though UNC is a that's crazy up tempo team. Yeah, that's the thing about Texas is when they turn it on, they're incredible. But they can also they got that K State syndrome where they can just hit that drought where it's mm-hmm. like. No, they just haven't yeah. scored in two weeks. So it's like, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, but I'm going with the over. I think the Hawks will be in the 80s in that game. I think we score. I can see that too. So I'm feeling good about that. I'm hoping a road win at Baylor, which is hopefully what we'll get. I'm hoping we come back to Big Monday. Allen Field also be jumping. Yeah, two games in three days. So Yeah, and hopefully we've got some confidence under our belt and we're ready to roll. So I'm going KU minus seven, KU Texas over 135. What do you got? I'll go – I'll actually take Texas plus seven and then over 135. Okay. I got to have different picks. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so far I had Baylor plus four. You had KU minus yeah. four. Uh, we both took the under. AB, you said the hammer, KU Kansas. minus four, and he also took the under. What do you uh, What do you got for Texas? My thoughts with the Texas game is I'm not going to take this KU team to cover a spread more than three or four points until I see it happen. <laughs> um, it, I get it. My, my thought press sears off. Different matchups, like you guys were saying, with the up and down. Um, I just think Texas finds a way to backdoor into a plus seven. KU wins by six, where they're up by ten late. Yeah, um, you could see us probably being up 10, 15 at half like we've been doing. Right, then, like we've done the last yeah. two games, third last two home games where we get up 15 points and next thing you know it's a one possession game but i'm gonna take texas there um i just i don't know it feels like a game where okay <laughs> you can get out to a 12 14 point lead and then it gets a little close and hairy but and then i'm gonna go with the over as well i hate to join these guys and uh you know be playing but like they were kind of saying it's gonna be up tempo texas has better athletes better scores um i think that goes over fairly easily but um, i'll lean with texas plus seven in the over I just don't understand why that total would be lower than the Baylor game. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. But Ken Palm, I mean, Vegas trusts Ken Palm. If you look at the totals before games, they're always within a point or two of each other, so he knows what he's doing. But I don't know. It, it does seem off that the total's about the same for those two because very, very different games in my mind. I agree. But all I got to say is if you guys want to win some money, just take the opposite picks of mine. And you'll make some money. Are you not rich off gambling yet, B-Turn? No, I'm working my way up there. <laughs> I'm getting close. I've uh, I've been on a break, man, because I stink out loud at gambling. <laughs> but this all this talk is it's it's got me going. I think well, producer gonna, I AB think has the locks, so you guys might as well take his picks. Yeah, somebody, one of you listeners out there, somebody uh, keep track of AB's locks of the year. Um, his first one, he's got the four, <laughs> the Hawks going four and zero. Don't forget about that. And for what it's worth, I'm also on a break right now, too. So don't take too much stock in my picks. I just think KU's for sure a lock. But I was losing too much lately. No chance I'm going to try and lose some more. But um, my bad gambling mind, KU minus four for sure. All right, shout out to uh, Producer AB's free play of the week. Stay tuned on those. Win yourself some money. But uh, we wanted to do a prop bet, one that we talked about before the game. Over, under, starts for Ochai. You got a number for us, AB? Yeah, the total that came to my mind was uh, over under one and a half starts for Ochai this year, Ooh. which, um, you know, it it seems weird because he hadn't played it all this year. Like, we look at Silvio last year, kind of like they talked about before. He never really caught his feet. He was always a role player, but 
I don't know, something with Ochai. Ochai, I think he can hop into the starting lineup at some point. But over under one and a half, I'll swing it over to Reinhardt. And, uh, uh, that seems a little high, Producer AB. One and a half seems high. That would obviously require him to start two games. And I guess the only scenario I see that happening is if LeGerald does something stupid and gets suspended or I guess an injury is very possible with how our luck's been. Yeah. Or maybe Diedrich gets ruled ineligible and we just roll with five guards. But I don't see uh, – I don't know. I don't see if everyone's healthy and everything, everyone behaves. I don't think I see the no chance he starts two games the rest of the year. If he does, shout out because that means he's a stud. Yeah, 100%. Um, I feel like you're crazy if you take the over, but I'm going to take over <laughs> one and a half. Because like you said, we're going to need an injury, or which obviously we don't wish that on anyone, but yeah. an injury or a suspension for him to start. But I could almost see him starting over Grimes at one point, like maybe one game just to switch things up. I no, mean, I mean, Bill seems to really like him and keeps calling him the most athletic player on the team. And yeah. who would have ever thought he'd play 25 minutes in his first game? Yeah, it's insane. And I mean, for sure, if you tell me over under one and a half, he closes games, it's over for sure. Because, like you said, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes over Quentin late in games just mm-hmm. due to. He seems to be a better defender at this point. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. If you start throwing him in a starting lineup, things get dicey. But yeah. it'll, it'll definitely be an uh, interesting prop bet to watch. And, For sure. And uh, look forward to seeing who's but, right. Yeah, but, I mean, Bill's pretty, like, set on this lineup right now. I mean, Devon, Quentin, LeGerald. Who else is starting? Diedrich? Marcus. Marcus Garrett, Marcus. yeah. So, yeah, I could actually see Oach maybe starting over Marcus, too, because I feel like Mark. Marcus is a pretty good bench spark as well. He can penetrate, make layups, and play defense. So, Yeah, I would take the over as well. I just <laughs> – I don't know. I, I can totally envision a, a scenario where Bill gets pissed at Q or Bill gets pissed at LeGerald or something off the court happens with anyone. And we need someone to step in. But, I mean, it was his first game coming in. He played 25 minutes right away. He's already playing over guys. So I could see a scenario where Bill gets tired of someone and – Throws Ochai in for a game or two, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, last one I got for you guys. There's a above-average football game this weekend on Saturday. Who's playing? <laughs> we got uh, we got Andy Luck coming to Arrowhead playing the uh, Kansas City Charfs. And the uh, line on that one is Chiefs minus 5.5. Yes. Is that where we're at? And then uh, I saw the over-under earlier this week at 56. Is it still there with the it's weather? right around there. Okay, so – um, personally, I'm going to take the Colts plus five and a half. I'm you gonna want take, Colts money line. I'm going to take Colts money line. I'm going to take Colts <laughs> alt spread minus three and a half. Anything that has to do with the Colts. The Chiefs don't win playoff games. It's been like that my whole life, especially against the Colts. What did you do in Vegas last year when we played the Titans? Oh, I hammer Titans money line plus 390. That, what that a was, fan uh, he is, folks. <laughs> I wasn't happy. I was still upset when I won that, but it was a little silver lining that kind of it's tough through. not to bet against the Chiefs probably in right. the playoffs. The only difference this one or this year is obviously at the quarterback position. But who is our quarterback? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Is no, I heard about him, but <laughs> Brayden might have a little man crush on a little Patty Mahomes there. But no, well, I'll take the I'm Colts plus five and a half. I do actually think the Chiefs will win thirty-one uh, twenty-eight, something like that. But That's five right and a half around. seems steep. That's right around the over/under. Yeah, so. I won't even give a pick on the total because you know Chiefs games can get off the rails yeah. really quickly and. Next thing you know, it's 42-40 or something. So Yeah, my thing with the over-under is I feel like the Colts are really going to try to slow slow the game down by running and Marlon Mack. Definitely. And, I mean, Reggie Ragland and Hitchens haven't been too good this year. but They sure haven't. They're trying to, Brett uh, Beach is too big, uh, big acquisitions <clears throat> with those. But I feel like with the Chiefs, you got to keep Mahomes on the sideline, obviously. Yeah, plus the weather coming in. I mean, if we actually get, what, six inches of snow, they're saying yeah. it's possible. I mean, that's definitely going to affect the game and could turn it into a slugfest, which – you know, if that happens, I think favors the Colts even more. If, so, yeah, if the Colts dominate time of possession, I mean, obviously you're going to be in trouble, but they're going to run it, and we give up probably the most yards per carry in the league. Right. We're going to have to come out ready to throw bullets and score points because the Colts are going to be on the field. I don't know how we're going to get stops, even if they run the ball the whole time and control the clock. But I agree. Like I said, I'll take Colts five and a half, and you guys can uh, give your picks as well. Oh, my God. The spread's so tough for me just because with my heart, I obviously want to go with the Chiefs to cover and hopefully an easy win, but I'd actually take the Colts plus five and a half for sure. Not going to take Colts money line like AB, but you guys are terrible. <laughs> I could just I could see the I could, like AB said I could see it thirty one twenty eight or thirty four twenty or thirty four thirty one. 
keep it like a field goal, Vinatieri game winner or Butker game winner. There's just there's just too much smoke towards the Colts, man. Like everyone is on it. Everyone's talking about the upset, how hot they are. I just think, I think Patty's ready. I, I think uh, I think the Chiefs roll. I don't. I'm taking the Chiefs so. minus five and a half. I feel good about it. Uh, should be fun. I hope yeah. for your sake. I hope. If we lose, I might not have two podcast hosts with me. So <laughs> yeah, we might be out of here, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I, you got to say the Colts are probably the hottest team in football. Yeah, I mean they've won ten of eleven after starting one and five. Yeah, Luck's back to himself. He has an O line, best QB in the league, according to your board. Colin yeah. Coward. Coward has uh, Mahomes eighth in the MVP race, I think. <laughs> but um, he's got a good O line, probably the best, one of the best in the league. Braden Smith, shout out to late the South. Um, Quentin Nelson, all pro as a rookie, going to be a Hall of Famer someday. He's li- literally that good. Yeah. So, and the thing with me is our pass rush, that's <laughs> our defense, that's all we have. Tied for the lead league in sacks, and their O-line can slow that down, so that's one of my worries for the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't got to get full into a Chiefs episode <laughs> yes, here. Yes, we do. One day we will. One day we'll, one day we'll try and bring you some more Chiefs talk. Uh turns getting going over there i can oh, sense we're gonna so we're gonna nervous. go two hours here if we get too uh hot on the chiefs train so just so win one playoff game guys they got it patty's got it um but speaking of football as we wrap up the show here we just got a couple tidbits we wanted to talk about um pour one out pour yeah. one out for the chip Lindsay uh <laughs> era as offensive coordinator at the university of kansas what How do you think about that last? a month or two months probably not even, yeah. Uh, I mean, a little under, yeah, two months had to have been. I mean, it's definitely upsetting. It's tough to blame a guy for taking a better job, yeah, more like high paying job. But I was really excited just because the stuff he did at Southern Miss, and he had a big job in the SEC. But I know at Southern Miss he had Edo Smith, who's running back for the Falcons now. Yeah, Jalen Richard for the Raiders, and then Nick Mullins. So I'm just, and I'm he did so, a lot of stuff with them, getting them in space. So I'm so annoyed. I spent like hours watching just youtube videos of auburn's <laughs> offense and southern miss offense and stuff like that just totally wasted yeah um, and then another thing with chip was all the good things auburn fans had to say they were like yeah. you guys are getting a good one yeah. malzahn kind of took over his play calling duties exactly and that's what that's what was so exciting to me it was like he he auburn obviously didn't have a huge offensive year but the blame seemed to be pretty – everyone was pretty much in agreement that it was more of a Malzahn thing yeah, than guess, it was yeah. a uh, chip thing. So I was excited that he was going to have new life in a new school. And uh, yeah. KU football just can't have nice things. No. Um, um, and it, it hurts with – there's so many recruits that came out and said just great things about chip, yeah. like that QB that committed, yeah, McVitie. Thomas McVitie is clearly and probably then, sitting there like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. I mean, those dudes are locked in. That they yeah, signed, they're signed. So – Ezra, Ezra Ezra tweeted Nader. that he wasn't too happy about it. He's pretty shocked. So sucks for those guys. It's pretty stupid that uh, coaches can just leave whenever, and now these dudes are locked in. But yeah, you know. because there's so many guys on your staff that you're yeah. recruiting other positions, and like Chip was a reason some of them committed. Now he's gone. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, there's not a ton of stuff to talk about with that yet. Uh, not a ton of rumors on names. I've seen Jason King throughout Larry Fedora. He's been a hot name for a while, even before we got Chip. I'm right? all in on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Fedora. Yeah, so I don't know how realistic that is. Obviously, he was a head coach for AC, uh, North Carolina, but uh, Major Applewhite is definitely another name that's been thrown out. The current or the former Houston coach. It's kind of shocking he got fired. So if we could get him, I'd be all about it. But uh, that could be a pipe dream, and who knows? Yeah. But. It'll I mean, be interesting, I'm sure, in the pod. Good OC is obviously important when you got yeah. a good running back, decent running back, I think. And it's and just Puka, is he yeah. good? <sighs> Puka's decent. About <laughs> he's I've heard he's a decent running back, but no, Puka's incredible. That gets us to kind of our next point is uh Puka's court case finally happened. We don't we don't want to give a ton of takes. We don't want to get into too much detail with it. Obviously kind of an ugly situation, but it sounds like he's uh What's he, I mean, he's getting an aversion. Um, yeah. So some no charges. So I mean, I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a legal guy. But to me, that doesn't sound as damaging. But who knows? I mean, we KU still yeah, can I decide mean, on their own punishment. Yeah. So. KU fans are freaking out for a few weeks there. Yeah. So Puka was at the game the other night. He's been on Instagram. He's back on Twitter. So who knows? Uh, 
but again, I don't want to really give too many opinions on that. Obviously, KU football, <laughs> we had a lot of momentum going, and since our running back's been arrested and our offensive coordinator's gone, um, we'll see if McVitie still ends up coming. If he doesn't, friend of the pod, Carter, shout out. Carter Stanley. <laughs> Carter's our guy. I hope he uh, – I'm ready to give him the keys, let him do his thing. So we'll see. Um, I guess we kind of just wanted to touch on the football thing a little bit. We don't have much else. What do you, you got? Any other thoughts? No, I mean – Obviously, follow us on Twitter. Yep. Ain't, Ain't No Seats Pod. Ain't No Seats Pod at our Reinhardt 2012. Um, I'm B Turner 23. Uh, AB Anthony Bax 12. Yes. So, so follow get our us followers up. up. Get the follows on uh, at Ain't No Seats. We're going to definitely try and get this on Spotify, Google, yes. Google Play, everything. So uh, we're hopefully going to have another episode next week. Probably. We better. Yeah, so, for uh, sure. Two big games listening. coming up yep. Saturday, Monday. Hopefully, have a big guest for you guys next week. Hopefully, Stay tuned for that. Hopefully. that's uh, We don't want to get too excited, but we're definitely in some discussions. But, uh, yeah, shout out to listening. Again, give us all the feedback you can, and uh, we'll see you next time on Ain't No Seats. Rock Chalk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.